Welcome to life on earth. Welcome to life on earth. Welcome to life on earth. <sighs> I have gotten my manly self in trouble again. Welcome to Life on Earth. Thank you for joining me on this fine March 23rd. Uh, if you caught the the Thursday collective today, the daily objective, that's going to be a tough act to follow. But yes, yes, I've gotten my manly self in trouble again. A recent meme, well, recently going around, it's an old meme, a picture, a picture of a muscular man with a, a satiricopolis level beard. And a short quote was going around. A quote is from the psychologist. I don't know, is he really still a psychologist or has he transcended that role? But psychologist Jordan Peterson. And the quote is, is this from his book, 12 Rules for Life. A harmless man is not a good man. A good man is a very, very dangerous man who has it under voluntary control. Now, in a recent episode of Honestly with Barry Weiss, she interviewed journalist Sebastian Junger on the topic, Why Men Seek Danger. Why Men Seek Danger. In which Junger asks, what makes man able to best nature, you know, including the many dangerous animals? Because he claims men seek and need danger. Now, today is March 23rd, 2023. Are there still people out there who, who don't, don't get it? <laughs> it's 2023. Are there still people who don't understand how man has come to defeat the lesser animals? You know, something about the, the faculty of reason? So... He's a smart guy. There's got to be something else going on there. Now, before I offer my reply to Peterson's, a harmless man is not a good man. A good man is a very, very dangerous man who has it under voluntary control. Let me say, when I read this passage in the book, you know, 12 Rules for Life, which I have reviewed right here on this here internet, I didn't bristle at the time. You know, if you've heard that episode, you know, I had much bigger fish to fry than that. But seeing this passage by itself in a meme with a cute picture and being passed around as a standalone wisdom in and of itself, a self-sufficient quote, well, here was my reaction. <laughs> Nonsense. There is a difference between being harmless, you know, versus harmful or dangerous and being weak, you know, versus being strong or courageous. I know Dr. Peterson conflates the two in order to make a point, but that doesn't make him any less wrong. As men, we need to be strong and courageous, not harmful or dangerous. Uh, to which I added, yes, ladies, I know you are strong and courageous too, and certainly no less dangerous. Now, Peter, Peterson has said better things on the topic of masculinity. I have linked to that thread in my show notes. Uh, you can go to robertnaser.com slash show notes and see the list of outstanding links associated with this topic today. And Peterson has said better things on the topic in the thread that's linked to that started this whole brouhaha. For example, Kurt Kievner responded, Peterson once said, 
Well, if you think strong men are scary, wait till you see what the weak ones can do. I totally get that. And some of the responses I received suggested, well, Peterson was just encouraging a warrior mindset, you know, like U.S. Navy SEALs. And I do admire the SEALs as well as all of our other military men and women. And one commenter responded, Peterson said elsewhere that, well, women, women are drawn to mayhem and violence. To which I replied, in regard to the idea that women are attracted to mayhem and violence, well, this has always been so for some small but substantial percentage of women. And not without reason. All too often, the alternative seems to be nice guys, you know, who spend all of their time in their comfort zone. And we all, men and women alike, we want to see more ambition, more self-assertion, more excitement, more adventure. You know, nice guys versus bad boys. That's always been a false alternative. But if those are the only alternatives offered, small wonder that women will find the bad boys. And yes, even if that comes with mayhem and recklessness, more attractive, alluring, tempting. There's a similar false dichotomy with with nice girls, you know, versus sexy women. In the old days, that was referred to as the Madonna horror split. And are there still men out there in 2023, for Pete's sake? Are there still men out there who want to sleep with experienced women, but marry a virgin? More than you'd think, and certainly more than there should be. Fortunately, it's possible to be strong, ambitious, protective, brave, without being dangerous. Sorry if you folks on the podcast, you're missing the air quotes there. At least not dangerous to one's allies. It is possible to be a nice guy and be passionate. It is possible to be safe and exciting. It is possible to be both reliable and surprising. You know, sure, it can be challenging, but, you know, who doesn't like a good challenge? It's largely a sense of life issue. What kind of world do we live in? And what kind of man is efficacious in this kind of world? Uh, The businessman or the fighter? The gangster or the politician? But then I repeat myself. Uh, The street thug or the professional executive? You know, Andrew Tate or Tom Brady? Or maybe that should now be Patrick Mahomes. You know, to a certain kind of woman, no matter how successful a businessman is, he'll never be as attractive as that street-savvy fighter. And ditto men with regard to the kind of women that they find attractive. But I can't compete with Francisco Danconia's explanation of that. And I quote, Well, the men who think that wealth comes from material resources and has no intellectual root or meaning, are the kind of men who think for the same reason that sex is a physical capacity which functions independently of one's mind, choice, or code of values. They think that your body creates a desire and makes a choice for you, just about in some such way as if iron ore transformed itself into railroad rails of its own volition 
Love is blind, they say. Sex is impervious to reason and mocks the power of all philosophers. But in fact, a man's sexual choice is the result and the sum of his fundamental convictions. Tell me what a, mind, a man finds sexually attractive, and I will tell you his entire philosophy of life. Show me the woman he sleeps with, and I will tell you his valuation of himself. Ah, Ayn Rand. Francisco D'Anconia speaking, page 455. Now, since I'm quoting Ayn Rand, I should also quote Peterson. As I say, the quote in context is somewhat better than the meme people are sharing. To be clear, the meme, the quote I'm criticizing, and the worldview it implies, it says what it says. But Peterson's fuller explanation is arguably better than the quote. From 12 Rules for Life, an Antidote to Chaos. Rule number 11 is, do not bother children when they are skateboarding. And here's the quote that quote comes from. If they're healthy, women don't want boys. They want men. They want someone to contend with, someone to grapple with. If they're tough, they want someone tougher. If they're smart, they want someone smarter. They desire someone who brings to the table something they can't already provide. Now, this often makes it hard for tough, smart, attractive women to find mates. There just aren't that many men around who can outclass them enough to be considered desirable, you know, who are higher, as one research publication put it in, quote, income, education, self-confidence, intelligence, dominance, and social position, unquote. Continuing with Jordan Peterson, the spirit that interferes when boys are trying to become men, therefore, no more friend to woman than it is to man. It will object just as vociferously and self-righteously. Oh, you can't do it. It's too dangerous. When little girls try to stand on their own two feet, it negates consciousness. It's anti-human, desirous of failure, jealous, resentful, and destructive. No one truly on the side of humanity would ally himself or herself with such a thing. No one aiming at moving up would allow him or herself to become possessed by such a thing. And if you think tough men are dangerous, wait until you see what weak men are capable of. And that's pretty good. But I still think we need to do better. Fortunately, we have Ayn Rand for that. So from the Ayn Rand lexicon, and originally her letter to readers of the objectivist regarding her essay about a woman president, here's an entry on not masculinity, but femininity. Quote, Ayn Rand, for a woman, qua woman, the essence of femininity is hero worship, a desire to look up to man. Uh, to look up does not mean dependence, obedience, or anything implying inferiority. It means an intense kind of admiration. And admiration is an emotion that can only be experienced by a person of strong character and independent value judgments. A, a clinging vine type of woman is not an admirer, but an exploiter of men. Hero worship is a demanding virtue. A woman has to be worthy of it and of the hero she worships, intellectually and morally, i.e. as a human being. She has to be his equal. Then the object of her worship is specifically his masculinity, not any human virtue she might lack. Now, this does not mean that a feminine woman feels or projects hero worship 
or any and every individual man. As human beings, many of them may be, in fact, her inferiors. Her worship is an abstract emotion for the metaphysical concept of masculinity as such, which she experiences fully and concretely only for the man she loves, but which colors her attitude toward all men. Now, this does not mean that there is a romantic or a sexual intention in her attitude toward all men. Quite the contrary. The higher her view of masculinity, the more severely demanding her standards. It means that she never loses the awareness of her own sexual identity and theirs. It means that a properly feminine woman does not treat men as if they were their pal, sister, mother, or leader. Unquote Ayn Rand. I remember when the uh, essay about a woman president, the answer that Ayn Rand had given when she was asked, you know, what do you think about when we finally have the first woman president? And Ayn Rand said, well, I don't think a rational woman would want the job. Boy, did that raise a brouhaha. (sighs) Great essay. Find that, read it, but read it all the way through. The initial impression might be, wait, why wouldn't, I mean, I'm, I'm all in favor of Nikki Haley for president right now, above all of the other options, despite her issues. Read it all the way through. Now, before I go on, I've got to say thank you to Jeff Bannister, who just came in with a super chat. I haven't asked for money yet, and I need to do that. Well, I don't need money. I mean, come on, look at this outfit. You know, I'm an objectivist. That means I'm highly successful and independently wealthy, but the Ayn Rand Center UK does need your support. So any comments you put in with a super chat like Jeff's, where he says, got to watch later, Robert. I know I often catch him when the schedule is uh, off, so he will often comment after the fact. You can do that too on YouTube. Any money that you put into the super chat goes to the heirs UK. That's not enough, you say. No, I want to do more. Well, that's what you do is you become a member. Click at the top of the chat. You'll see the membership link there, or just go to einrandcenter.co.uk. Now, strength. The essence of masculinity. Strength like ambition. Just like ambition, strength is contextual and personal. A man or a woman needs some level of ambition in their career, but within a reasonable range, it's totally up to you. It's up to the individual. And while extreme ambition can be hot, there are many other values which can compensate for merely average levels of ambition, which brings us to strength. Strength like ambition. You know, some level of physical strength is important as an aspect of both health and efficacy, mastery. But physical strength is far from primary. And there is a reasonable range which in within which more or less is optional. And there are other virtues, other elements of efficacy, of mastery, which can compensate for or even beat merely average levels of physical strength or beauty. I keep saying there are other virtues and values beyond ambition and strength, but really? Oh, hell yes. Efficacy, effectiveness. Mastery takes many forms. Intellectual mastery. Hell, look at Jordan Peterson. While there are women, and I'm sure there are men who do find him extraordinarily attractive, it's decidedly not because they imagine he's physically dangerous, but 
Peterson does appear to be a man who exhibits a certain kind of extraordinary intellectual ability and unusually strong self-assurance and a good deal of worldliness. And this latter might sound trivial, but in the case, in the case of modern man, it is 2023. That's the contemporary version of street smarts. Peterson might not be able to defend himself against, say, an angry physical attack, you know, any better than Rick Allen did recently, Def Leppard's one-armed drummer. But if Peterson were to be attacked, you can bet that, well, at least when he's touring, he's got an entourage, staff and bodyguards who would end any reasonable threat level immediately. Now, in an episode of Five Minutes with Robert and Amy Naser, our Sunday show, six o'clock Eastern time, you should be watching that every week. In an episode of Five Minutes, which is linked to in my show notes, robertnaser.com slash show notes, I shared my secret to having any woman you want in your life, wholly based on understanding two concepts, masculinity and sense of life. I won't repeat the whole episode. There's a link in the show notes, but I will repeat a bit because masculinity can't be wholly about physical strength and skill, much less, here's the air quotes for you podcast listeners, much less dangerousness because A, there are men of diminutive stature or just advanced age or who have wholly different priorities beside fitness, but who are nonetheless very masculine. Now, are you going to tell me that, you know, Clint Eastwood at his age right now is unmasculine? You know, even though he's well past the age where he could kick the average young man's butt. And B, because of the body is just half of the mind-body equation, and masculinity is far more than physical. Courage isn't the same as fitness, nor is loyalty, or bravery, or honor, or self-mastery, nor being a protector. But repeating a bit from our episode on masculinity, the fact is that men and women, men and women are 98% identical. The same damn thing. We're bipedal and bilaterally symmetrical. We both, men and women, we have stereoscopic vision and stereoscopic hearing, except for my poor mother who's got one bad ear. Fundamentally, we have the same conceptual faculty. Our minds function by words, by concepts, by logic and inference. And, you know, you could argue over which, you know, men or women are more habitually logical, but for nearly any example you offer, I can find you at least one man or one woman who is or was more logical than that. And since we have the same nature, we have the same morality. We have the same philosophic truths, even if many people, most people, haven't yet discovered or identified them. We have the same requirements of food and shelter and safety and security. So. As Amy put it when we did that episode on masculinity, men are from Earth and women are from Earth. Yes, men and women are the same thing, 98%. And it's that 2% that's different. 
And that 2% difference colors everything, every other thing. And that's why men and women are nothing like one another. And that distinction is crucial. It's not just to say, oh, yeah, we're completely different or no, we're not different at all. It's the 2% that affects the 98%. And knowing that is part of mastery over sex and gender and romance. The difference between men and women is not primarily about their different strength and endurance. Because women, in some ways, have a stronger, higher constitution than men. Try putting, try putting your average guy through monthly periods, much less childbirth. But the differences in gender cover every other thing. That's why men march, but women dance or stroll or skip. Men croon while women sing. Men fight. Women argue. Men protect, but women nurture. Again, this all flows from that 2% difference. So obviously, you know, sometimes men nurture, sometimes women protect. And obviously men dance and sometimes women march. The difference is subtle, but it pervades everything. Men, we fix things, whereas women resolve and sympathize and empathize. And women listen. You know, for women, it's not about the nail. A wonderful thing about masculinity and femininity is that all of the ways in which it expresses itself are chosen. They're optional. But that does not make them subjective. And that does not remove the reality basis. Now, before I go on, and I won't go long, but I've got to give a super, super thank you to, we've got a couple more super chatters here. YouTube is asking me if I want to give a super chat. No, I'm too busy talking. But thank you very much to Sam. Oh, yes, the photographer who says, they say hard times create strong men. Is that why people vote for governments that guarantee we will all suffer forever, for everlasting strength? You know, that's a tempting idea. But no, it's so easy for us to find challenges that will keep us strong without needing to uh, create artificial ones. No. Um, when I talked about, I talked about the film Wall-E from Disney a couple weeks ago. And when we were talking about long-termism and Will McCaskill and the idea that, you know, in the future, because of AI and automation and robotics and um, economies of scale and division of labor, and we will be so wealthy, so rich that we won't have to do anything. And it turns out that no, because there will be no end of what we want to do. And you can see that now. You can see that in things like extreme sports, for which there is no need and no reason. And it's enormous fun, and it's enormously admirable. In this, in this Barry Weiss episode, which I'm not going to go into details on, but you can listen to that if you like, on the question of why do men seek danger? There's a kernel of truth there. We want excitement. We want an interesting life. No matter how easy things get, our life has certain requirements. We've got to eat healthy food. We've got to get a certain amount of fitness. We've got to keep ourselves reasonably safe. We've got to find shelter. No matter how easy it gets, it's never going to be zero effort. And the things we do that we don't have to do are simply expressions of those things we do have to do. They they amplify our our 
self-esteem, our efficacy, our, our, our embrace of the fact that we have mastery over life on earth. So I absolutely understand where that question comes from. And it's tempting to say, yeah, that's probably it. But no, unfortunately, the reason why people vote for governments that guarantee we all suffer forever is because they don't think that's what they're voting for. They actually, I'm repeating myself, but I always do, until people get it, they actually believe this stuff. Altruists, for example, don't want everybody to sacrifice. Now, there may be some philosophers out there who preach altruism who really do have a power-lusting and nihilistic desire. The average altruist doesn't isn't that way at all. The average altruist simply thinks this is right. This is moral. This is the way life is. This is the way people should be. The reason people vote for the governments we've got, they actually believe it. So don't try to figure out just what's wrong with their ideas. Try to figure out what are their ideas, what they actually believe. Uh, Great question, though. And we have a very generous contribution from Adherent of Lady Columbia. Love when that name comes up, because I love the idea of Columbia. I've talked about this before, that when I was young, I had no idea why Victoria seemed to have something to do with the Brits and, and why we had the, the, the space shuttle Columbia and eventually found out, yeah, Victoria, well, Queen Victoria and the victories of the British Empire, but Columbia was Columbus, Christopher Columbus, who discovered the Americas and is now associated with the United States. Adherent of Lady Columbia is in with an enormous super chat, a very generous super chat of $50, and says, many of New Right point to the biological determinism of man as a meat puppet. I disagree with them, but they do bring issues such as testosterone, birth rates, and IQ dropping. Does anyone in the objectivist movement address or think of these issues? The short answer is no, not that I know of. There may be people. I You know, I have my circle of friends and I don't know everything that everybody's doing. It's one of the great things about objectivism right now is there is no way to keep up with everything. Um, I got another great question just popped up in the super chat. Um, No, and I know that testosterone, birth rates, IQ dropping are contentious because there are people who then apply that to, uh, for example, racial issues in ways that I will just say are fraught. I'll just leave that word out there, fraught. There's so many ways to get that wrong. Um, So the short answer to your very generous Super Chat question is, uh, not that I know of, but I wouldn't be surprised to find out there are that I people out there that I just don't know of yet. Uh, But Samuel, yes, is in with another Super Chat and says, who is stronger, you or Amy? I will tell you, there are ways in which Amy is stronger than I am. Okay, not physical ways, but... Um, On the other hand, she could beat me, well, she could always beat me in thumb wars, but she actually used to be able to beat me uh, arm wrestling left-handed. She has an amazingly strong left arm, or rather she has a much better matched right and left arm than I do. My right arm is much stronger than my left. You would think as a guitar player, but then we weren't measuring finger strength. So who is stronger, you or Amy? Well, I'm physically stronger. She may be stronger in character. I'll just leave that out there. But thank you, Sam, for asking and for your super chat. Very much appreciated. Now, and to be clear, I don't want to discourage fitness. I want to do the opposite. I don't want to discourage strength training. I don't want to discourage self-defense and martial arts. Although I did drop out of Tang Sudo. I didn't make it very far with that. But I did just renew my gym membership. I actually have two of those. And I do believe that we should all be fit to the degree possible and to the degree that you can fit it in with your other 
goals, values, ambitions. Fitness is a kind of ambitiousness. As was noted in our episode on ambition, ambitiousness is crucial. We all require some degree of career ambition, some level of financial ambitiousness, striving for self-improvement. And certainly, and not unrelatedly, romantic ambitiousness, ambitiousness in our personal relationship. Ditto all values, including fitness. You don't need to be able to beat up everyone you meet. In fact, unless you happen to be the number one guy in your martial arts practice, you can't plan to be able to beat up every other guy you meet. Self-defense is great, even important, but it's necessarily limited. But you should be able to walk with self-confidence and know what you would do to defend yourself and those you are with, those you care for. And that includes knowing the emergency dial on your cell phone. The world needs warriors, both because that role is important and because not everyone, and given the realities of aging and mortality and just differences in physical health and strength, not even every man can or should be a warrior. Fortunately, despite what Suedo intellectuals like Bronze Age pervert and martial arts celebrities, you know, incarcerated or not, might believe there are other ideals, masculine ideals beyond fighting ability and being dangerous. A harmless man is not a good man. A good man is a very, very dangerous man who has it under voluntary control. Okay. I was tempted to rewrite it into something like um, a willfully helpless, inefficacious man is not a good man. A good man is a very, very capable man who is using his strength to stand up for and achieve his values. Okay, it doesn't quite make the same point. It doesn't quite have the same panache. But maybe that's the problem with memes and sound bites. You know, unless you're either stating the obvious or you're a genius, it's kind of hard to make them immune to objections. I get that. Unfortunately, we don't need memes to remind us of our ideals, nor to point to the ideal man. As Ayn Rand reminds us, quote, art is the indispensable medium for the communication of a moral ideal. It takes all kinds. <laughs> Boy, there's a cliche. It takes all kinds. But when I look at the people I want to be more like, the strength that I want to embody, I always said I want to, I still say I want to be Howard Rourke when I grow up but also rock stars who you know, sometimes are physical specimens, but not always. A lot of these guys, I mean, there were, there were people who wanted to be like, uh, like, like Morton Harkett of Aha, that charming, uh, charming man who so many women fell in love with. He was not a physical specimen. Obviously uh, the kind of teenage heartthrobs when I was young, it would have been, you know, Danny Osmond uh, or, uh, uh, 
David, uh, what was his name now? The name escapes my mind. How many of those, those musicians and artists, teenage heartthrobs, actors, enormously attractive, a kind of masculinity. It wasn't the masculinity of the martial artist or the wrestler or the boxer. No, no. The common denominator, the common denominator is not danger or even physical strength, although that's an element of it. The common denominator is efficacy. It's why we can look at our heroes and say, that's a man, that's a guy. That's I want to be more like Cyrano. I want to be more like Howard Rourke. Zayn Rand said, art is the indispensable medium for the communication of a moral ideal. Great place to find heroes. And so her art, Ayn Rand's art, gives us ideal men and women who, properly understood, inspire us to be strong and brave and honorable and joyous. And yes, effective. Call it dangerous if you like when it's effective against our enemies, against evil. But whether our sense of life, whether your unique sense of life draws, draws us as men and as women to the bravery and integrity of a Cyrano de Bergerac or to the passion for justice and integrity of Atticus Finch or the artistic passion and integrity of Howard Rourke. The ideal men and women, they are out there. And we, you and me, you and I are, we are invited to join them in this life on earth. <laughs>